In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. And I am thrilled to have on the podcast today, Sister Michelle Craig. So as you know, Sister Craig is the first counselor in the Young Women General Presidency. She was called in March of 2018, and her and her husband, E. Boyd Craig, live in Orem, Utah. They have three children. Sister Craig loves family history, temple work, reading, and enjoying time with her family. She received a bachelor's degree in elementary education from BYU. My mom did as well. Sister Craig has served in many ward and stake positions in primary young women and the Relief Society organizations. She served as temple ordinance worker in the Provo, Utah Temple and a gospel doctrine teacher in Sunday school. She served a mission in the Dominican Republic, Santo Domingo Mission. My husband was in Puerto Rico. Oh, then we're neighbors. He, yeah. Yes. And he went to the MTC in the Dominican Republic. Okay. So that's really special. Sister Craig was serving as a member of the primary general board at the time of her call. She has enjoyed community service in the parent-teacher association of her children's schools as a literacy tutor and as a school support volunteer for a national education foundation. She's just amazing in every way. And we are so grateful to have you on the podcast, Sister Craig. Well, I'm grateful to be here. I can't wait to talk with you more about your life and calling and how you feel about being in the Young Women General Presidency. So tell me about when you received your call, what was, what was maybe a sweet or spiritual experience that you had where you felt Heavenly Father support? Because I imagine it was maybe pretty daunting to receive that call. Oh, <laughs> no words. Well, it's kind of funny. I, re I remember so well when I got the phone call and I was actually, I remember taking a nap. I was recovering <laughs> from pneumonia. And so I was taking a nap on my couch and our landline rang. I'm like, nobody ever calls my home phone. Right. If somebody wants to call me, they'll call my cell phone. Yes. And so I never pay attention to it and I just ignored it. And the caller ID identifies who's calling. And so the phone rang and I ignored it and I was just laying there and I heard the caller ID say that Jesus Christ was calling. Like, no. <laughs> and I thought, well, if it's someone from the church, like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they know to call my cell phone because like you mentioned, I was serving on the primary board. And so I just ignored it. I closed my eyes and the phone rang again and kept ringing. It says Jesus Christ was calling. And I literally had this thought. I thought, well, if Jesus is calling, I better pick up the phone. <laughs> I better pick up for the Savior. I, I just yes. better answer. <laughs> and literally, and this sweet sister on the other end identified herself as the secretary of President Oaks and wondered if my husband and I would come up the following day for a visit. And I immediately started shaking and crying and tried to sound fairly calm on the other end of the line. Sure. Uh, and then the following day, my husband and I went up and I just, it was such a sweet experience. And just right off the bat, I just want to bear testimony that President Oaks is a prophet here and rebel leader. 
and he was remarkable. And I don't know what I expected, but he he was so kind and he was funny and he just invited us in and he has a little couch in his office and he invited us to sit there and he pulled up a chair and we sat knee to knee. And I I was a mess and I think I said something about I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. And he said, right. well, yes, Craig, don't worry. Everyone that comes into this office is. I mean, he was just so, he just tried to make me feel at ease. And then he, you know, it was interesting. He asked me two questions, only two questions. He said, Sister Craig, do you have a current temple recommend? And I said, I do. And he said, are you as worthy today as the day you received it? And I said, I am. And he said, would you be willing to accept any calling to serve in the church? And I gulped and I said, yes, I would. And he said, of course you will because you're consecrated. And I just thought, you know, that's why we do what we do. You know, all of us, whether it's a calling that's visible, like right now I have a visible calling, but in another year, I won't. But I will serve wholeheartedly because I have made covenants and I love the Lord. And so I think all of us in our various capacities, we do what we do because we love Jesus Christ. We love his gospel and because we're consecrated. What a beautiful experience. And Jesus Christ, what he's calling. Yes, he was. And I think he's calling all of us really through a prophet to a higher and holier way of living and to gathering Israel and being involved in the work of salvation and exaltation. Like we're all called by Jesus Christ to do something and to be engaged in this great work. We are. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing for President Oaks to say, because you're consecrated into to say, of course you will, and not not forcing anything on you, but just reminding you of this is yeah. you you've made covenants in the mm-hmm. temple and covenants to build up Zion and 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 accept callings and and just his confidence in you must have been very reassuring as well. Yeah. He was so he was just so kind. I just I will love him forever because of that. Well, I would anyway. Yes, I totally sustain, totally sustain our prophets, seers, and revelators. But the way he was so kind to me in a really overwhelming moment it was just really tender. Well, and that's another thing I, I I would love to ask you about. And I'm grateful that you bore testimony of of the apostles and prophets. And there's it, sometimes it's it. You know, people talk about, you know, the man versus the apostle and when they're giving counsel or not. But I I love that that you shared your firm testimony of, of, of him and of following these brethren who we know aren't perfect, but do represent Jesus Christ that are witnesses of him. How has your testimony of the first presidency of our dear sweet prophet and the apostles grown? as you've been able to interact with them and kind of see them up close and, and, and how they receive revelation and working with them and sitting with them on the stand of General Conference, how has that grown the last few years? You know, that's really a good question. And I don't know that I know any 
better now than I did four years ago, that we have a prophet, that President Nelson is God's prophet, and that there are men who have been called and set apart as prophets, seers, and revelators. So I've always had that testimony, and I think it was strong before, and it's just as strong now. But what's different is I've had a little more interaction with these men. And like you said, I don't know them well, but I have opportunities to sit in meetings or and and other interactions. And it's it gives me actually a lot of hope that they're not perfect. Because I think, you know, imperfect is all God has to work with. Yes. And and I love that quote from Elder Holland. He's like, yeah. it must be extremely frustrating for him, but he deals with it. <laughs> he deals with it. You know, because no one is perfect, but you know, right. Oh my, they are so good. They They're are good. so good. And I, not only are they incredibly capable and brilliant, but they're kind. And so I, I've seen different personalities, which is fun, just, but every, they're all so good and, and kind and just real. Yes. And I, I don't know all the challenges, but from the sisters that I know better, I mean, everybody has challenges and everybody has hard and everybody's navigating the very best they can. Yes. And, and I, and I love that you talked about how they each are different and have different personalities and our church is so diverse and we are all different and, and they're able to relate to each one of them can relate to someone somewhere because of yes. their personal life experiences and what they've gone through. And same with you, the Primary General Presidency, Relief Society, Young Men, you are all so different and diverse and your unique challenges and trials and experiences that have brought you to this point can help bless. And we were talking before this podcast just about some things in our lives and experiences and trials that we've had. And I would love to know that when we, and I believe that when we share, when prompted and, and when appropriate, our sweet and sacred experiences, that we can bless other people's lives and strengthen others. And, and I would love to know what trials or experiences have you had in your life that you feel like have prepared you for this calling at this time? That's a good question. When, well, I've been very blessed. I have been very blessed, and I am grateful to Heavenly Father for that. When I look back, I think really a trial that has been difficult, it was at one point, and then again later, was infertility. And growing up thinking, I would love to have just a house full of children. And I feel so blessed and grateful because my husband and I have three wonderful children. And I cherish each one of those kids and feel so grateful. So I, I acknowledge right off the bat that my infertility trial was probably so minimal compared to so many. But for me, going through it, it was a difficult thing, wanting more. Oh, yeah. um, but And then kind of dealing with that, and three is plenty to keep you busy as a mom. But then when they all left home at, I was 43 years old. Now that probably sounds really old to you. <laughs> Not at all. But 
I wasn't tired of making school lunches or doing science projects or going to games. Like I wasn't tired yet. And so I went through really a few kind of difficult years of now what? And what does Heavenly Father want me to do now? And how do I best use my time and my talents? And so I think that's given me just empathy. I I really learned during that time. It didn't happen all at once, but to pour out my soul to Heavenly Father and to go to Him for answers instead of looking sideways. Yeah. But to really, I feel like that time, both times in my life, really my relationship with Heavenly Father grew. And I feel like my ability to act and receive revelation. I wanted an angel to come tell me what to do, or I wanted something to be fixed. And right, that doesn't happen. But I feel like I my testimony grew so much as I depended on them. That seems to be a a common thing theme I hear more and more that when in our darkest moments and and deepest suffering and trials is when we do draw closer to Jesus Christ. And recently, I've had some things happen in my life that have been very difficult. And and one night I was saying a prayer, and it was something that it, it was a small thing. And infertility is is not a small thing at all. But each one of us, whatever we're dealing with, is big to us. In the moment, it is. Yeah, it is. And and mine was much smaller than infert than struggling with infertility. It was about one of my sons, and and I was praying, and my husband had fallen asleep. He could only say it'll all work out so many times before <laughs> he's like, "Okay, you have to stop thinking about this." And I said, "I can't. I can't stop thinking about this. I don't." I don't know what to do. I, I literally feel frozen in this trial and then this and then this fear. And I was laying in bed and it was really late. And there are some very s- small times in my life where when I've prayed to Heavenly Father, I feel like the conversation, the windows of heaven are open just enough that I can almost have a conversation back and forth with thoughts that that come into my mind. And and I asked Heavenly Father, I said, I, I, I just want things to work out for the best. And the thought came to my mind, you don't want trials. And I thought, you're right. I don't, I don't want, I don't want trials. I don't want this trial. And and then I thought, I guess I'm not patient in trials. And the thought came to my mind, but trials are necessary. They're necessary to grow. And and I started thinking about that. And I thought, but what if this trial, what if this one breaks my son? What if this is the one that is too hard to overcome? How do I, how do I have faith in this one specifically? This one seems too big. And the thought came to my mind that this could be a sacred experience for both me and him and that it could bring both of us closer. And, and, and the thought came and and it ended up being okay things worked out really quickly but but then the thought came to my mind not a chastisement but but a teaching moment of don't be so quick to get rid of them because it will bring you closer to me and 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 bring your child closer to me and that's kind of the whole purpose of this life is to grow and learn and and have trials and it was a really beautiful sacred experience that the next time something comes around that i feel like is 
is going to just completely knock me over, that those are the moments where I can lean on my Savior. And not only because I know He's been through what I'm feeling, but we can experience some of what He felt. And that was a sacred thought too, that not only is do I know, oh good, He, he knows what I'm going through so I can lean on Him, but when I'm in that space with Him of this is maybe what He felt, there's a really beautiful there's a really beautiful experience in that in knowing that I'm walking where my savior has walked and and we're doing it together and and it doesn't make it easier and and there and it was still hard and I still cried and it was still hard for my son but it it did bring both of us closer to each other and to the savior as we prayed about things together and talked about things together and and became a really beautiful learning experience and and I feel like that's maybe what trials can do or and I don't know that it makes it easier but maybe brings us peace as we're going through them yeah i that's so beautiful i just thank you for sharing that and i i think sometimes and i have done this in my own life when we face these hard times and these trials we feel like oh the plan isn't working for me like yeah see but you know what that is the plan it is like you said that is the plan and it's what we signed up for and it heavenly father and jesus christ they've prepared us for this and you know jesus christ with his disciples i mean he warned them that hard times were coming and as those who've made covenants like we talked about and are his disciples we can expect hard and we have a chance in those moments to turn away from God and to harden our heart, or like you've done, turn to Him. And those can become really sweet and sacred and refining and defining moments in our lives. Yes, absolutely. Refining and defining. Do you feel like, Sister Craig, in, in your experience with working with the young women these last couple of years, that they, they are strong enough to face the trials that they, I mean, it, it was hard for me growing up. It, it's hard for me now, but I look at my sweet young women. I'm in, I'm a second counselor in our young women, little president. Oh, and I look at what they're going through and I just think you are amazing, but they're, you're, are they, do you feel like, but you are prepared for this. You are strong enough to meet each and every trial. It's, you know what? It's hard. And I think we say, but I really truly believe they have been prepared. For this time and they were not sent here to fail but it's hard and i think they're living in a time unlike any other we have experienced and i just pulled up a scripture is it okay if i please share right. i i really feel applies to all of us but i'd like to use with our youth when i'm talking to youth sometimes it's in the book of revelation in the new testament in chapter 12 and it's talking about, in verse 7, it talks about the war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought with his angels. I mean, who are those angels that stood side by side with Michael and fought against Satan, the dragon, and his angels? It was us. You know, it was those who chose to come to earth and and it's in verse 11 of that same chapter, it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
and they loved not their lives unto the death. And I think we overcame then the way we can now because of Jesus Christ and His atonement. And that is how we overcome Satan. And by the word of our testimony, and I like to ask the youth when we go through this, like, okay, what are some characteristics of those angels who stood by Michael and overcame by the word of their testimony? I'm like, they're brave, they're valiant, they're courageous, they're loyal, they're, you know, the adjectives go on and on. I'm like, yes, it's what? Who are you describing? You are describing yourselves. You know, that is who you are. It is who you have always been. And it's identity. And I think the world, Satan, is working so hard to confuse identity. Yes. And that that's one thing that there's an all-out assault that Satan, and it's hard. And it's hard to be a young woman or a young man or an old or any age in between. We're just living in this time that is the winding up scenes. But, you know, like in a relay race, a lot of times the strongest runners at the end. I think, you know what? These youth that are here now at the end of the winding up scenes, they can do it and they need to remember who they are and we need to remember who they are. Yes. And that when really all of us, when whenever anybody here on earth, we just need to remember that everybody, when we could see clearly, chose Jesus Christ. Right. And chose his plan. And we just need to remember that. And sometimes we need to help ourselves and those we love and those we work with to see themselves as, as they really are. And that's one thing I love about our prophet is that he is teaching us so many things, but our identity, like knowing who we are as children of God, as children of the covenant, as disciples of Jesus Christ, those are the labels that matter. Yes. And when those can be our primary labels or identity or the way we view ourselves and others, I think it will help us put things in perspective and wade through all of the junk that yes. is thrown at us. That is so powerful, Sister Craig. And I, and I, I really, that is such a beautiful thought about reminding ourselves that we, we were those angels mm-hmm. fighting against a dragon. That's such a powerful image, fighting with a dragon and that we were stronger and that mm-hmm. we can overcome. It gives us such confidence. Yeah, we did it once. We did it. We did yes. it once. We, you know, there's got to be muscle memory in our DNA, right? I believe that. If we are eternal beings. Yep. Yes, we can do it again. So. I believe that. And my husband, when he talks to our boys about my oldest it will be 14 this year and only in four more years getting ready for his mission, which is wild to me. And he's like, but how do I how do I teach someone that? How do I talk to people? Like it's kind of daunting to think I have to tell you everything about the church. He said, You are reminding them of something their spirit already knows that maybe their brains have forgotten in mortality, but their spirit already knows. And it's the Holy Ghost's responsibility to convert them. You teach them, the Holy Ghost converts them, but oh, you're just reminding them. And I'm like, oh, and and we need to sometimes 
remind ourselves like, yeah, wait a minute, who am I? Oh, and I've already done this and I can do it. And I'm a child of God. That knowing your identity is so important. So important. Identity and purpose, you know, and purpose. Who we are and why we're here. And that's one thing that, you know, Sister Corden, President Corden referenced that in a conference talk. But when she was called, President Nelson encouraged her, you know, they need to know their identity. They need to know their purpose. And every time we have an opportunity to meet with the First Presidency, President Nelson encouraged, I mean, that's what our youth need to know. It's identity and purpose. And if we can focus on those eternal truths, I think it's going to make it much easier for us to navigate. Not that it's going to be easy. And like we talked about, it's not meant to be. Yes. But it will be possible because the Lord trusts. I have all the confidence in the world that the Lord has trust and confidence in the youth that they're sent down at this time. Ah, that is so reassuring. That is so reassuring and and so sweet to hear that that's those are the things that the first presidency wants us to focus on. And and do you feel like as the youth and as we remember and our true identity and and learn what our purpose each individual is and that we will be able to stand strong when the world is saying, but why are you doing those things? And why are you living that way? There, there are many things that tend to set us apart as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints. Do you feel like that gap is widening right now? And not only in the world, but um, among religions is, as well, that, that things that set us apart and that things that— People look at us as, wait, you don't do that and you don't believe that. Well, you know, that's weird or that's wrong. Or how can you, how can you still, that's so old fashioned. And, and how can we stay strong and remember our identity and purpose as we stand out? Well, I do think that gap is widening in many ways. And it seems to me that there's so much anger and division. Yes. And there's not tolerance for differences of belief and opinion. And that when you stand up for the family, for things as outlined in the proclamation to the family, those those doctrines that were, were mocked and made to feel like we're not tolerant sometimes or not as loving. And there's a there's a balance. And I, and I think we are getting better, I'm getting better about having conversations and about hopefully expressing love and really feeling that love in my heart and feeling absolutely no judgment or criticism for those that don't believe as I do or don't understand. I mean, I we're all on a journey and it looks different for each of us. But I think we need to be confident in a prophet of God and standing up with love and understanding for those things that we know to be true, that we love God first and we love others. And again, everybody's on a journey and everybody's path looks different. And I think our perspective is limited. Yes. That mortality is, is just 
so small in comparison to eternity, but so much depends on it. And I don't. I think that gap is widening. And in some ways, though, I also see it not as wide as I would want to be. I see the world creeping in and kind of sometimes it's faddish to maybe disregard some of those those things that we hold sacred or that will keep us bound to our covenants and bound to Jesus Christ. So I see it widening in some sense and in some sense I see the gap shrinking a little bit. So you know what we're all on a journey and we're all figuring it out and I I get I just have such sorry conviction that Jesus is the Christ and that he has a prophet on the earth and that when when we try our best imperfect our imperfect best to follow and to keep covenants that will experience peace and joy and those are two emotions that Satan cannot mimic he can mimic a lot and he does a really good job yep but real peace and real joy different than happiness but real joy these are connected to Jesus Christ and they're connected to covenants and of course Satan's going to try to confuse yeah and we just need to be patient with ourselves and with others as we're figuring it out oh those are such wise words and and that's something that i learned in young women's actually about satan being able to mimic happiness pleasure because how else would he ever get us to do anything right right <laughs> how else would we ever be tempted if everything was vile and awful and terrible yeah and you're going to be miserable and yeah. lonely and oh it yeah. would be easy to resist sin but when he makes it seem like tempting and pleasurable and happy, and, and that's why sometimes when people are sinning and you're like, but wait a minute, they, they seem like everything's fine. Maybe for a time, he always abandons, he always abandons you. And, and, and that happiness, the fake happiness or fake pleasure, it's, it's artificial. There's a beautiful painting by, oh, what is her name? Is it Taggart? She, it's the Great and Spacious Building at oh, the Iron yes. Rod. What is her name? Taggart is the last name, isn't it? Marinda, okay. Melissa. Okay, I'm Minerva Tiger. Minerva. Minerva Taggart. Yeah. Thank you. And, yeah. Yes. The Taggart. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Minerva. Yep. Minerva. And she it, it's it's a beautiful painting of, of the iron rod. And when you look at the great and spacious building in the background, you notice that there's no foundation and there's only sky. In between the windows, there's nothing inside. It's empty. And it represents that it looks amazing and beautiful and you get there and there's nothing of substance or value in that great and spacious building. It is empty. And when it when you participate, you know, in the things of the world and 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 you're sinning, it it doesn't, there's nothing to cling to. It doesn't bring that happiness, it doesn't bring that joy and that peace and it may it may provide pleasure for a while but it is empty and fleeting and not lasting and it is so true that that the there's only peace and joy that comes from the one who is the prince of peace mm -hmm. our savior jesus christ the only one that can give that and that's something i've tried to tell my young women when 
a, f- a frequent question we get asked right now, and I'm sure you do, is how do I know when I'm feeling the Spirit? And how do I know when it's the Holy Ghost talking to me and it's that peace and, and, and joy? Does it feel like it warms your soul and good? And even when something is confusing, like, I don't understand this about the church right now. I feel peaceful, but maybe still confused as to the why, but, right. but is that peace and joy there? You can cling to that and, and hold on to that, that peace. That's a real tangible thing. And, and sometimes that's, sometimes that's what keeps your testimony going in those hard times is just, but it feels right and good, even though I don't understand it or where that's going or why is, is that peace and, and joy. And, and I'm grateful that you talked about us all being on a journey. I think that helps with judgment of looking Mm -hmm. at others that, maybe do seem happy doing the wrong thing or even me as, you know, I'm 37, but looking at some of those around me that I think, oh, you seem so happy and you're not doing this anymore or you're not, uh-huh. you're, you're little things like, I don't know, this seems so silly, but getting double ears, earrings in your ears or little things that, that maybe aren't a big deal, but that everyone is on a journey. And, and if, and if I have felt like I shouldn't be doing those things, or that's not something I want to participate in. Everyone has further light and knowledge according to their testimony and what they've learned in the experiences and trials. And maybe they haven't received a testimony of that yet, but I have. And if I have, then I have a responsibility to live that way. And and maybe once they do, they'll be like, I'm going to take out that earring, or I'm not going to drink that, or I'm not going to wear that, or I'm not going to do that. And it's not that they're necessarily, I used to look at maybe people or, or my kids' friends or something be like, oh, they're just rebelling. They're, and maybe they're not. Maybe they just honestly have not received that testimony on their journey yet. And that's only for the Savior to judge and, and, and to find out and that we are, we're all in different places. And that has helped me a lot with not looking at others like, why are you doing that? I yeah. still do. I try not to, but maybe they honestly, because they're not in the same place that I am. Yeah. And we can all, you know, I think we can all receive revelation for yes. ourselves. You know, we are taught correct, you know, doctrine and principles. And then we decide based on the inspiration and revelation we receive. And yes. our motive just needs to be love. Yes. You know, and we love God and we love God first and we love others. And that's our job. That's our job is to love God and love others. Yeah. So what would you say, Sister Craig, the Young Women program has has changed and evolved a lot in the last few years even. And we have an amazing new children youth program. And I will admit, as the mother of two boys and young men's now, it has been hard for me to figure out how do I support them and how do I support my young women in this new children and youth program. And I, I think it's beautiful. I love the, the different components of the physical and intellectual, spiritual, social. But how can I support my young women? How can we as, as mothers and leaders support the young women in this new program? And how do you think our youth will benefit from this? Okay, this has been such an interesting process. And when our presidency came in, this train was going 100 miles an hour. And we, and revelation has come, you know, bit by bit. But when we ask 
people or when I'm out and about and I say, you know, what is the children and youth program? Always goals. You know, that's it's a goal setting program. Well, that's part of it, but there's actually three components. It's gospel learning, which we've always done. That's seminary. That's come follow me. That's our classes. Yes. Service and activities. Yes. And these can be done in home and at church and personal development is part of it. And I think what we're really feeling now as young men and young women presidencies and primary presidencies, and we work a lot together, just put that in there, is that rather than maybe focusing on the four areas, which is really, they're they're good, they're they're important, they're balanced, but they are self-focused. But what if we turn outward and focus on the work of salvation and exaltation? which is outlined in the handbook. There's four areas, living the gospel of Jesus Christ, caring for those in need, inviting all to receive the gospel and uniting families for eternity. Live, care, invite, unite. Four simple things. And if we focus on that, I mean, one of those is inward facing and the rest outward facing. Yes. And rather than even myself, and just in all transparency, sometimes I get stuck, like with a goal. Ooh, is this physical or is this social? Or, you know, just right. like, yes, it, it's hard to like put that in a box because so many of them overlap. So, yes, I would say don't worry about making sure it's in the four areas and that you've got a goal okay. going in each area. And, you know what? It's this about personal revelation, like we've talked about, about encouraging our kids and our youth and ourselves. I think the best thing we can do as leaders is to model it and pass, yes. like model it ourselves. We all need revelation. We're, yes. It's one work that we are all asked to engage in. We've been called by the Lord through our prophet to engage in this work. And, you know, how can I live the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can I care for someone in need? You know, how can I, I I just think if we, and children and youth and adults, all of us will benefit because this is God's work. And I think as we're involved in his work, we'll be blessed with the joy, the peace, with increased capacity. And it's not about doing more, but it's about doing things as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I love Sister Wendy Nelson, even in her her devotional that she gave to young adults in May. And she gave a talk at women's conference years ago. But you know, what would a holy woman yes. what would a holy young adult do? Think yeah. what if our youth could think, if all of us could think, what would a disciple of Jesus Christ? How would a disciple of Jesus Christ practice the piano? Or how would a disciple of Jesus Christ be a student in high school? I mean, just when you're looking at, they're already doing so many good things. Right. But what if they looked at it through the lens of discipleship and just making through that lens, would things change a little bit? How could I care for someone in need in high school, in the lunchroom? And just making, when we view 
ourselves through a correct lens, like we talked about who we really are, our identity and our purpose, and we let God's work dictate maybe our priorities or how we spend our time. And I just know as we get on our knees and we're asking the question, how, you know, how can I be a better disciple or what do you need me to do better? Or how can I live the gospel? How can I share that will be prompted? And it may not be this huge spiritual experience, but gosh, write down the impressions that come. Yeah. Just write it down. That's, that's, impressions that's you know revelation just for us and yeah so i think when if we maybe and and we need to message better and again this is there every ongoing revelation yeah right and, and we'll we'll get better at this too but let's view this through a lens of which i hope is was measured you know discipleship receiving revelation but it's a tool the children and youth program it's a tool to help us accomplish the work of salvation and exaltation. Right. It's just, we, you know, we can, through gospel learning, through service and activities, and through personal development. And really that work, God's work, it's the work of relief societies and elders quorums and our youth and primary. It's like, it's what we are all, what we've all been called to do. And and that's what I love about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints so much as it is a living, breathing church. And as we receive more revelation, the First Presidency and you as Young Women General Presidency and and work out these programs and figure out what is working, what could be better, yes. that we learn and grow more. And and I love that it, you know, when it first came out and it was, it, it, it was, it was almost felt a little overwhelming. Like I have to do all these things and set goals and I have notebooks with my boys and how are you, are you practicing piano? How are you doing in this area? <laughs> no, it, it was, but it was, I felt like I was failing a lot because yeah. I'm like, oh, but you didn't do this. And oh, well, social is like, oh, this is lacking. Oh, you haven't turned in your homework. And it was to try and keep up. But, but when we look at it as you no, know, how are we being disciples of Christ and serving others? Those things come in all the other activities and and as as my son's mountain biking and they're waiting in line and he has a conversation with his friend about a party he chose not to go to because of or something, all those little things are are sharing the gospel and and seeing the the program in action. They are, they are. And I think it's I do think there's a lot of power in being intentional. And I'm a goal setter. I mean, I'm a list maker. I'm like, and I know not everybody is like that, but, and not everybody has to do that, but I just think it's being intentional and deliberate yes. in our discipleship. And it's seeking for revelation and yes. finding out what does Heavenly Father, what would He have me do? What would He have me become at this time? And I know that we'll be blessed with those thoughts and impressions and that in all the good things that we're already doing that just looking at it with a little different lens, we'll see we we might be doing more than we think we are. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and maybe, and maybe heavenly father wants us to do different things or, exactly. or less than, than what we're doing. Yeah. Do, do you feel like sister Craig that in talking about what our identity and purpose is, do you feel like everyone does have a unique purpose on the earth and and do you feel like that purpose in 
however we uniquely use that is ultimately to bring others closer to Jesus Christ and come back to Him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all of our purpose. And we are, but how we do that will look different. How we do that. And I think, I I know I, I do this all the time and I'm old. Like I would think I would have learned by now, but sometimes it's so easy for us to go to a place of comparison. Yes. And, oh, I'm not this. and that. But you know what? That doesn't do anybody any good. But when we can receive our validation and our direction from, from our Heavenly Father and from looking up, and there are things that are the same for all of us as we are on the covenant path. You know, there are covenants that we make. There are there are things that are the same, but how? But we each have different experiences and a different life path and different challenges and different blessings. And we simply cannot compare. Yes, it's true. And um, and this is, it's going to look, it's for all of us. Yes. And it, it reminds me of your incredible talk, The Divine Discontent, where only we know if we we feel like we could be doing more. And and it's not like you said, looking side to side. It's it's looking up and asking Heavenly Father, is is there something that I need to be doing that I'm I'm either maybe being lazy about or not putting as much time and focus on? And it's not, oh, she's doing all this and all these amazing things and I have to be doing that. But only we can know is if is this Heavenly Father telling me I have something else prepared for you. Time to step it up. Or if it's us saying, I'm not good enough. And how, how, how can we maybe decipher that? Of, this is coming from Heavenly Father or this is really me feeling like I'm not good enough because my neighbor is so amazing and I want to be more like her. You know, that's, that's such a balance, isn't it? And yeah. I think because we have divine DNA, because we are sons and daughters of Heavenly Father, are we want to do more and be more, and we recognize the gap between where we are and where we want to be. Yes. But, and, and I mentioned this in my talk, Satan is so eager to jump in that space. Yes. And paralyze us with discouragement or with self-doubt and criticism. And I think when we need to be careful in that space and realize that it's divine. Maybe it comes from the Spirit, from Heavenly Father, when it's motivating us to action. Okay. You know, to act in faith in accordance to those things that were being taught by living prophets. To, to act in faith. And it, I think it helps us focus outward and other people and on serving on the work of salvation and exaltation rather than an inward focus and it's all about me and what I need to do to feel better. I do need to care for ourselves. But was it President Hinckley said that the best antidote for worry is work? You know, to get on our, we get off our knees and we get to work. And yes. um, so I think when it's from the spirit, it's not paralyzing. It's not focused all on self. I think it leads to humility which makes us realize how much we need Jesus Christ and His grace. And that doing and being more isn't about more lists or it's not about, you know, adding more, but it's about, you know, and maybe like you said, maybe it's cutting back 
but it's yeah. realizing our dependence on Jesus Christ and His grace, and that through His grace, on our own, we're not enough, and we never will be. Right. But with Jesus Christ, His grace, we will be able to do those things we've been asked to do. I I completely agree with that. That that that's the only way that I have been able to get through this life is is relying heavily on my Savior Jesus Christ. And I know that our young women and our young men, our youth are are, are capable of incredible, wonderful things. And and as you said, I just want to add my testimony to yours that when they do them really the only way to do them is with the savior and he can make so much more out of out of their lives than than they can on their own and i've seen that in my life any any grand plans i had or thought this would be so wonderful when i've shifted and and let him guide me more oh he just he makes just the most such an incredible beautiful life and and not free from trial or hardship but so much more beautiful when we do it with him, it, it's it's really, I mean, I think the only way to get through this life is with him. Yeah, I can't imagine doing it on my own. Me neither. I really can't. Me neither. Sister Craig, I'm so grateful for you for talking with us today, for all the good you are doing. What would you like, maybe as a closing statement or remarks to our incredible young women, maybe just your love for them or, or, or what you see for them in their future or any advice you could give them that, that, that you feel like they could benefit from right now? Well, what just popped into my mind when you asked that is the young, the youth theme for this year. There's a couple things I want to talk about. One is the youth theme found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 about trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts, leaning not to our own understanding. And acknowledging God and having confidence that He will direct our path. And I think trust, just trust, trust in God. Acknowledge His hand in our lives and then step back and know that He will guide our paths. I also think of the young women theme and would encourage our young women to memorize that theme and the truths that are contained in that theme, that we are beloved daughters. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. We're witnesses of God. We have the ability to receive and act on revelation, to repent. I mean, what a gift repentance is. And that because of Jesus Christ, we can repent and improve each day. And I think that, I mean, the challenges are many. Yes. But if, wouldn't it be great if we could, not great, but like those challenges that we have and that young women have, if they could look at that and then look at the young women theme. Okay, what truth in here, if truly understood and internalized, would help me navigate this trial? And I think that they would find a lot of comfort and peace and perspective in the young women theme. So I guess yes. my encouragement is you know, to memorize that theme, imprint it on our hearts. There's a lot of truth in there. And the youth theme this year, trust, which is synonymous in so many ways with faith, having faith in Jesus Christ and having faith to act, to move our feet, to trust. And I, if we can keep that perspective, everything's going to be okay. And I would tell them, you know, it's, 
it's hard to be a teenager. And I remember what that was like. And their challenges are tenfold, but this life is so short. It's It's true. It's so short. And if they, we know the end, we know the end. And so again, if they can just hold on and find their identity and their purpose within covenants and relying on Jesus Christ, that they're, they're going to be okay. That is a beautiful testimony. Thank you, Sister Craig, and for parents as well that are raising these incredible young women. And, and as, as a parent yourself, have you found that Heavenly Father will help you as help them as they are figuring this out and this life? And that if there are moms listening, that maybe their hearts are hurting because their daughters still don't know who they are and, and they maybe are, are unsure about if Jesus Christ really loves them and is aware of them and cares about them. Just having that strength to, to still stay strong and, and continue to love and teach their children. I know there are lots of parents out there that just feel like, oh, but what if, what if my daughter doesn't know this yet? How, how, can, how can they stay strong and, and continue to be an example when it feels like, I don't even know if they're listening or care anymore? You know, I think we just, we love, we, we live our covenants and I think we need to do, maybe I, I need to do a better job too about letting those around me see the joy that the gospel brings me, that it's not all about, you know, hard things and sacrifice. There yeah. is joy. And that as I keep my covenants, and I would just say to parents who are struggling, and we all struggle on some level, you know, right. we, we all do, but just to make sure that they're staying connected to heaven and that they're doing the small and simple things every day to nourish their spirits and to help them make and keep covenants, then love their, you know, just love their kids and don't be afraid. I mean, our children know what we value, but don't compromise your values, but love and accept and trust that Heavenly Father, everything's going to work out. And I think what we do is we, we make sure that we're spiritually fed and nourished and that we're making and keeping covenants and we're expressing the joy that that brings us. And then we love yes, our very best. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And, and I agree. It's my grandma said, I was asking her for advice with, with my boys and she said, you can say anything you want to them, but they will do what you do. So if you want them to read their scriptures more, have them watch you as you study yours. If you want them to speak kindly to each other, you speak kindly to them and, and, and about yourself and, and your spouse and to others around you. And if you want them to have a firm testimony, I mean, just them watching you get ready for church and saying your prayers, she's like, they will watch what you do more than they will listen yeah. to what you say. They, they'll, they'll watch you. And so I think that's wonderful advice is just being that example yourself. And, and, and it talks several times in the scriptures with Enos and Alma and it says they remembered what their fathers taught. They remembered those things. And, oh yeah, my dad told me this. And, oh yeah, I watched my dad pray. And my mother's the sons of Helaman. They taught us about faith and they watched them pray. And there's several references to children watching the example of their parents. And that is what brought them back. 
to the gospel. Sister Craig, thank you so much for talking with me today. We love you. We support you. We're so grateful for you and your incredible example and for all the good you are doing for us. Well, it has been a pleasure to be here. I think you're adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I know we just met over a screen, but I feel like we're friends. And I feel like we are too. What I a blessing too. to get to meet you. And you're really remarkable. And thank you for all the good that you're doing. I love the name of this podcast, Doing Good. It's like, you know, Jesus Christ is the best example of that. And we know this is an ax, how he went about doing good. And I think you are doing that as you're spreading light and goodness. So thank you. Thank you, Sister Craig. I am Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code doing good, all one word at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.